Hi, you're listening to Commissioned, a podcast where we address a wide variety of topics within the Christian faith for collegians. My name is James Lee, and I'll be your host for this week's episode. With me, I have our regular host, Ms. Laura Clement, as well as our producer, Ms. Hannah Kim. Ladies, uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here with me today. And for those of you who are wondering, uh, where is Laura and why is she not hosting? Uh, Who are you? (laughs) She is with us, all right? Um, We actually want to address something that is relevant, current, and we feel in particular are super important. And we have titled this episode, Life of Asian Women in America. Um, And so I just thought that it would be appropriate uh, for uh, us to ask our host and our producer uh, to intelligent, uh, strong, uh, mature, spiritual women that we have in Laura and Hannah uh, to share with us their life stories and their thoughts. And ladies, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This must not be easy uh, to be vulnerable and to be on record, really, on on something that could be controversial in many ways. And so I do appreciate you. uh, But enough of me. Uh, Can I ask you to introduce yourselves? Uh, We will start with Hannah. Hi, so my name is Hannah. Um, And just a couple of things about me. I'm just intro myself. I am Korean. Um, I was actually born in South Korea um, and then later on I moved to Colorado where I spent um, all of middle and high school and then I ended up going to Pepperdine University in Southern California um, for college and there I was a religion major and I loved Southern California and so I decided to stay Um, And now I am a full-time student um, in seminary, and I am the part-time outreach director at Living Hope uh, Community Church. Um, A couple of goals um, and hopes that I have for myself in the next five years, um, I hope to graduate seminary, um, which should be happening in about a year. Um, I hope to begin my career. I've never had a full-time job before, and so I'm kind of hoping I get to experience that um, in a couple of years. Um, And I do hope to get married in the next five years, but we'll see. We'll see what God has in store for me in that aspect of my life. Amen. Laura? (laughs) All right. Hi. It's so crazy to be on the other side, you know, not hosting, but thank you so much, James, for stepping in for that. Uh, As you know, my name is Laura Clement. Um, A little background about me. I am Korean, 75% Korean and 25% Black. I was born actually in Australia. (laughs) Um, Not, didn't stay there for a long time, hence no cool accent, unfortunately. Uh, I did grow up in Southern California for most of my life. I went to California State University at Fullerton, where I studied communications, entertainment and tourism, and radio, TV, film. And what I'm currently doing now, I'm actually just working full-time as an account executive for a healthcare brokerage called Sherco Health and Life and Technology. 
and a couple, I guess, goals I have for myself within the next five years to pretty much advance in my career, but also similar to Hannah, hopefully married. <laughs> I don't know what God has in store for me either, but um, yeah, that would be nice or maybe seriously like dating close to marriage. <laughs> yes, and amen to that too, Laura. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, if I can quickly just say who I am too, I'm James, I'm the temporary host for today. It's an honor. Uh, I am a college pastor at Living Hope Community Church. I have the privilege of serving with these two amazing sisters uh, who are our guests today, Hannah and Laura. Um, let's get right to it. About a week ago, we are recording this now on March 27th, which is Saturday. So it's been about a week. Uh, there was a terrible violent shooting uh, in the city of Atlanta that took eight lives and six of whom ended up being women of Asian descent. Um, and I think many of us uh, are at our church, being a predominantly Asian American church, are grieving and mourning uh, deeply. Uh, and that's not to say that, of course, we are only grieving about the Asian lives that are lost, but really uh, all the lives that are lost. But uh, we cannot um, erase the fact that most of the lives that were lost were not only people of Asian descent, but in particular, Asian women. And this, of course, is coming in the context of increasing violence and seeming hatred towards Asian Americans or Asian people who are living in America. According to one estimate, uh, the such cases have risen 800 percent to 3,800 cases reported over the course of past year or so, which happens to match the pandemic shutdown. In the context of larger things, uh, 3,800 incidents are not a lot, but I think it's safe to say that every single incident is more than enough. And so all this to say, um, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? How are you feeling about the Atlanta shooting and then um, and, and rising violence against Asian Americans? And uh, what does it mean to you that the majority of the victims have been women. Hannah, start us off, please. Um, I'm definitely feeling a lot of different emotions, um, just reflecting on what happened. Part of me is kind of in shock and disbelief of what happened, just something so crazy and so awful like I part of me just doesn't believe it um, but I, I know that it did happen um, and it makes me really sad it makes me really sad that so many people lost their lives in such a senseless act of violence um, they were just going to work doing such normal things and their lives were suddenly taken away from them and in just such a cruel, horrible manner. And I think it's incredibly unfair that it just happened to them. It was not them asking for it, it just happened to them. Um, and also being an Asian American woman myself, it, it brought on the sense of fear um, for myself as well. Um, I remember last week um, after the shooting, I was getting gas at the gas station. I stepped out of my car 
And I just remember being afraid. I was scared that I was out in public, that people would see me. And I mean, I, I look very Asian. I am clearly an Asian American woman. And it made me afraid because I didn't know if someone was going to look at me, see that I was an Asian American woman and decide that they wanted to harm me. And, and I realized that this is no longer an irrational fear. And the fact that it's not an irrational fear makes me really sad. It makes me sad that this is the world that we are currently living in. It makes me sad that this is a reality. And I'm, I'm just sad. I'm just sad for everyone that is having to live through this right now. Um, I'm sad that so many Asian American women have to face this fear every day. Um, and it's a very valid fear. Um, and I'm angry too. I'm angry that this is our reality. I'm angry that incredibly vulnerable people are being attacked just so senselessly, so unfairly. Um, just imagine my own grandmother, like she's incredibly frail. Like I think the wind would, would harm her if, if it blew hard enough. And for someone, <laughs> like thinking that someone could just commit an act of violence against her. I think that makes me angry because she's defenseless. She's already vulnerable. Um, mm -hmm. And to imagine that just because she's mm -hmm. Asian and because she's old, that someone might hurt her because of that makes me angry because women and elderly are less able to protect themselves it's they're more vulnerable and it's just it makes me angry that people would go after them yeah thank you for sharing hannah laura can we hear from you yeah definitely i think i might be a little bit more cynical than hannah because how i'm feeling um I do think it's very, it's super unfortunate um, what has happened. Of course, any incident like this. But if I'm being honest, you know, it's like, I feel like so much has happened in a way where it's kind of like prepared me to feel like for another like devastation. Like we've already experienced COVID and then there was, you know, Black Lives Matter and a lot of things have just been happening um, these days and for this to happen has also made it feel, make, I think, sad like Hannah. And I think it's very super unfortunate and it's a lot closer to home. So I am, being an Asian American woman, feel a bit more nervous. Um, I feel super cautious about where I go. Um, like very like hypersensitive of my surroundings it's also kind of put a distrust in people for me that i probably wouldn't have had before you know if if someone was staring at me i probably would think oh man there's something on my shirt i have a stain or like is my hair sticking up you know i probably would think about that but it's like i think now since then that incident's kind of made me 
take a second guess it's like oh man are they looking at me because i'm asian like it kind of makes me second guess like the intention of people uh, it's hard to trust a little bit after that just personally speaking for me and it's made me really protective of my community like thinking like hannah said my own parents who are older my friends parents my friends my family like it's uh, the community around me is being very affected from this incident and so it's kind of made me feel that way i kind of went into like a defense mode if you will but yeah that's kind of how i've been feeling these days it's been it's definitely been hard to process it hasn't been easy yeah thank you laura as well and i think um i'm, I'm hearing words like fear and anger um, defensiveness uh, self-consciousness uh, in, a, in a bad way and um, even though I'm not in I, I'm a male and I'm, I'm not a woman uh, I, I do have great women in my life um, including the two of you but you know really my my wife my daughter my mom you know um, my in-laws my sister-in-law you know um, I, I, I actually got all of them a mace uh, a couple of days ago, mm. I, I ordered them on Amazon and I received them today and I handed them out today because I, I saw them today and it's just not fun, you know, it's not fun like handing those out and, you know, you, you go be good now, you know, you, you go protect yourself mm. now if something happens and um, yeah, so I can only imagine uh, what, what you are going through. That doesn't mean that somebody like me, uh, an Asian male, uh, will not be a target. Uh, but it is a telling and disturbing in that uh, many of the attacks against Asian Americans have been against women and the elderly. And so, yeah, thank you for um, your answers and sharing with us how you're feeling. That, that kind of makes me wonder, so what's life like as... A woman of Asian descent living in the United States. Um, are there some unique points maybe of the Asian American female experience if you will? Even though at the end of the day we're all human, I think God has made us each unique uh, and God has given each culture its strengths, uh, maybe even its weaknesses. Um, yeah, it's maybe a tough question to answer, you know, all at once here, but uh, would you please share with us a little bit more? Like, what's your life like? What is it like being an Asian woman uh, living in America? Is, are there unique things for uh, better or worse? Um, and uh, Laura, if you can also, uh, in the middle of that, walk us through what life is like as a biracial person. Um, yeah, so can we hear from you? Yeah. So for me, um, I guess I would like to say my background may be a little different just because growing up, um, like my mom is very Korean uh, and my dad is very American. And uh, I mean, they they met like in Florida, you know, they've always lived in the States, but their background, you know, again, very Korean and my dad's half black, half Korean, but very more on the American side. And I look very Asian. I don't, you can't, if you look at me, you really would not be able to tell that I was 25% black. 
Um, but I did go up in a predominantly like Asian community, like my friends, the church that I went to. Um, but I do have a lot of family on both sides. So I've had a fair enough exposure for both, um, I guess, like ethnicity, like part of me, like both sides, both Korean and, and African-American. Um, and so I guess walking through life, um, just I guess my personal thoughts of recent matters that have been because, you know, considering that I am black, there was a whole, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and now it's Asian Lives Matter. So I guess it's kind of been hard for me to process, I guess, all of that happening. Um, I have been affected from both um, with the Black Lives Matter and, and now it's Asian Lives, which I again, again mentioned earlier, it is hit, hitting a little bit closer to home just because my background is a lot more on the Asian side. Um, but I'm having a lot of internal conflict, like the Black Lives Matter movement hasn't gone away, but there is a rise in Asian attacks, you know, things that are more personal to me and like thinking about my own family members, and my friends, and that's getting a lot of attention. And just adding me being like a biracial woman on top of that is what I'll say, like the cherry just on top, <laughs> because, you know, I was taught to really defend myself and that's something that my dad really made sure of just the way he grew up um he grew up in new york you know in like a more african-american side so every time i would walk out the door without fail wherever he is in the house he'll just always say be aware of your surroundings and you know it, there are times where he's like I'm, I'm really not joking be aware of your surroundings because you never know what's around you, be, me being Asian, me being um, a woman. And so that's kind of like what I've been taught about and how I've kind of grown up with life. There is a cultural difference uh, for me because most um, kids who are, you know, growing up, they're black. They have the talk from their parents about how to handle the police. But I'm blessed to really not have to have that conversation um, because I don't look like it. So it's not something that would really be a concern on my end. And I don't know about you know other women or other Asian women, but um, I did have the talk with my mom about me being an Asian woman here in America. Um, just like the topic of you know being overly sexualized or objectified. Um, not to discredit that all other women probably have had the same conversation and had this talk like things where you're not supposed to be alone at night and holding your keys between your fingers in case you know someone's trying to attack you um like fear of being in an elevator alone like making sure you're not being followed like don't leave your drink unattended like i, th I can go on and on and that's just kind of what life is like um unfortunately just because we see time and time again things happening and so that's I'm really thankful for me personally that I've grown up to and have been taught to really be aware of where I am. Think because of my, my parents who are understanding or who have personally gone through that as well. So that's kind of like my side of things being biracial. I, I feel like um, my dad really made sure to bring that awareness to me. So that's just a little bit about me. Thank you. That that's that's so um, 
insightful maybe if, if that's the word I, I feel like I'm learning and, and getting a, a peek into a, a new world for myself um, thank you so much um, there's so much that I want to ask you about um, but but I want to <laughs> ask Hannah uh, Hannah also would you talk to us about what life is like as an Asian woman living in America and then uh, in your case in particular knowing that you were from Colorado uh, still a western state but you know, certainly different, I imagine, than in California. Um, so if you can also address, you know, if there are any tangible differences that you have felt along the way. And uh, by the way, I do want to acknowledge uh, and, and remorse uh, the victims of the shootings in Colorado uh, that has happened a couple days ago, as well as the shooting that I believe happened uh, last night, uh, perhaps in Virginia Beach, uh, that had claimed a couple night, a couple mm. lives. And so... Uh, may God be with them. Uh, but Hannah, please uh, talk to us. Yeah, I think overall, in general, um, I've had a good experience being an Asian American woman. Um, I love being an Asian American woman. I'm very proud to be one. Um, but there have definitely, definitely been difficulties and challenges. Um, like Laura mentioned, being a woman in general is hard. There are things that we as women have to be mindful of and we have to be cautious of that men don't really need to think about. I remember talking to a male friend um, and explaining like, I, I don't go on runs past dark um, ob for obvious reasons and they were a little confused. And then, yeah, I, I kind of had to explain it's because I'm a woman and I fear um, being kidnapped, um, having anything harmful done to me. Um, and, and I think that's most women. Like most women, we are extra cautious when it's nighttime. We try not to be alone outdoors. Um, I even get kind of nervous going to the grocery stores um, after dark. Um, and I really, I try really hard not to go to gas stations at night. Um, and if I do, sometimes I'll call someone just to, um, just to feel safer. Um, and so these are some things that um, women have to deal with. Um, and it's unfortunate because um, things have honestly just gotten worse um, with all the hypersexualization of Asian women and um, just with the with everything going on right now. Um, so the fear uh, has definitely become heightened um, these days. Um, in terms of being specifically Asian, um, I do find myself being very conscious of how Asian I am. Um, I, again, I look very Asian. Um, it's pretty obvious that I'm Korean. Um, and yeah, I've, I've found, I don't know when I started doing this or when I started noticing this about myself, but I find myself, um, like one thing is that I'm very conscious of how I speak. Um, if I'm speaking to a stranger, I have this thing where I want to let them know right away that I am fluent in English. And so I'll try to make sure that I, I'm speaking perfect English, that my grammar is perfect, that I'm using correct vocabulary, that I don't speak with an accent at all. And that's because I don't want to be looked down on. I don't want people to look at me and think, oh, she's straight from Asia. 
which is it's kind of sad if you think about it that I feel like I have to prove myself to total strangers in within contexts that honestly don't even matter like if if I'm just at a store asking the associate a question I feel like I have to prove that I am an American um, and maybe part of this comes from my experiences when I was younger so I grew up with my grandmother um, and so she and I would go out into public um, just go shopping or go to the bank or do whatever um, and I remember being really ashamed of her because she would try to speak to someone um, in English and I mean I think she's pretty good at English for her circumstances but still not very fluent, has thick accent, um, she's just not great at English because um, it's not her first language but I remember being really embarrassed whenever she would talk um, and I would see the interaction between her and whoever she was speaking to and I could tell that everyone in that conversation was so confused um, people would have no idea what my grandmother was asking for um, and I would just kind of be off on the side like I didn't really want any part of that conversation I was just really embarrassed um, I felt like my grandma was um, making a fool of herself making a fool of me and that was kind of the experience I had growing up and so I didn't really enjoy being out in public with her or I wanted her to just kind of stay quiet and just let me do all the talking and thinking back on that now um, I'm embarrassed of myself I wish I didn't feel that way about my grandmother because thinking about it now it's actually really incredible what she was doing she was in a totally foreign country speaking a language that was very foreign to her um, raising a child in this whole new world and she was doing something that I can't even see myself doing right now I cannot see myself moving across the world trying to get by um, in a country that does not speak the language that I am accustomed to um, but yeah there is there is a a big sense of shame growing up in that aspect um, I, I always loved being Korean um, I always loved that part about me but yeah there there is a sense of um, shame that I felt when I felt like um, my grandmother or I were looked down on by people because something about our Asianness was um, hindering us um, so that was that was one experience that I had um, and I guess speaking on the differences between Colorado and California um, California is definitely more diverse and um, the Asian population is um, definitely bigger here in California um, the schools that I went to um, in Colorado were far less diverse um, the high school that I went to it was actually known for being um, a majority white school um, majority white uh, like upper middle class um, like students were very well off um, and so personally I always I always felt 
out of place at school. I felt like I didn't fit in because um, I was Asian. And also I just didn't grow up being very well off. And so I kind of always felt like there was this um, wall between me and the other students. I don't know if that's a wall I just put up myself or if that was something that maybe other students wanted um, knowing that I, I was not like them. Um, it, it honestly could have been more me because I don't know that the other students really knew so much about my background. Um, and yeah, and kind of growing up in um, a state that was less diverse. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure kids going to school here in California where it is my, more diverse um, have experienced it too. But I, yeah, I remember some of the racial jokes that kids would say um, as I was growing up. Um, people having no idea who Koreans were, they thought every Asian was Chinese or Japanese. And I remember being very offended about that because um, I was born in Korea and I spent most of elementary school in Korea. And so um, this idea of being Korean, um, it was strange to me that people didn't know um, what Korea was or who Koreans were. Um, and so I was upset because I, I was proud to be Korean and then there is this whole group of people that just didn't know um, who Koreans were. Um, and so, yeah, I think growing up it was tough. Like there, there was that tension where, I mean, on the inside I am proud to be Korean. I'm proud to be a woman. Um, but then there were a lot of challenges that I faced because of these identities that I hold. Man, I thank you. Um, there's so much that as an Asian American person myself uh, and as an immigrant, I, I came to the States when I was 12. Uh, let's just say that I'm much older than 12 now. Um, now identifying myself as an American person, speaking English primarily, legally being an American. Um, there's just so much that both of you have mentioned that I really relate to that. I feel like, oh, me too. You know, like that's happened to me too, you know. Um, and then, of course, there's so much that I don't understand and I didn't have to experience because I'm a man and you are women. Um, so thank you for, you know, telling us about so much of your lives. Um, I think as we, before we move on to the next question, I, I, I guess I, it stood out to me that both of you have mentioned that Asian women in America are objectified and hypersexualized. And for those listeners who may not necessarily understand um, why or how, uh, for me, um, I have learned that through concepts like the Dragon Lady or Madame Butterfly, the image of submissive Asian woman um, and a fetish uh, birthed out of those kind of things uh, in Western men. And, and I want to say Western, I don't want to accuse of any particular race, right, uh, of, you know, being the you know, objectifier and sexualizer of Asian women, right? So I just want to say the term Western, rather. Um, but 
I do think that it is real, that there is a world history that's happened uh, as Western powers have uh, engaged in war and imperialism uh, and oppression of other countries. And so um, I see it. And can I just bluntly say that uh, even in pornography, um, that the fact is that Asian sections specifically exist and continue to remain and grow in its popularity. And so I, I see it in our culture, uh, and in that kind of setting, uh, Asian women are often on, under targets of harassment um, and unwanted attention. Um, yeah, so I know that much. I, I don't know if I'm so woke, you know, um, but, but I do know that much. And, uh, but there's so much, obviously, that I don't know that I have learned in my 10 years of marriage to my wife. And, um, as, as I pastor continually with strong Christian women leaders um, like the two of you. So including myself, I, I would include myself in the next question, right? But uh, if there is someone who's listening right now and not really understanding what is going on, like Hannah, Laura, like life is all hard. Like, what are you talking about? You know, um, what would you say to them? Okay, but no, yeah, I I understand. Like, it can be hard to understand when you're not facing it or when you, this isn't your reality. You know, it's hard to understand someone else's reality. But I guess what I would say um, is kind of to just be mindful. Don't be so vain in terms of trying to understand someone else's reality. Just because it's not yours doesn't mean it's not real. Um, and so, like, specifically, if I were to say, um, like, something, like, a little two cents on, you know, Christian men, just being mindful, or just, like, you know, men in general, just being mindful of, you know, what you say and do. Um, I, I guess that can go for everyone, but um, when especially when it comes to women who are feeling this way, um, yeah, there's a lot of caution and words weigh a lot even though like if you're not physically hurting anyone uh, you know that doesn't mean you're in the green light because words like I said do weigh a lot um in your just attitude and attention I believe so as well but I'm also just speaking to generally to just everyone I would like to say you know like respect isn't based on a race or a gender human decency isn't dependent upon a race or a gender kindness doesn't follow a race or a gender those things factors like a race and a gender shouldn't be the determining factor behind your actions on how you treat someone and so i think that's kind of like the safe route i would want to go in terms of responding to those who don't understand um, or who I guess are struggling on how to address people. I guess that's a clear guideline, you know, respect, human decency and kindness, you know, especially if you're Christian, expressing that love. If you don't understand, I think it's okay to ask, to ask questions respectfully, you know, if it's something that you do want to know about and getting a little bit more educated on. I think I'm not, I don't want to speak for everyone else. Like I would be more than happy to, enlighten you a little bit just so that we could be on the same page you know that's not going to kill me <laughs> so i think asking questions would be great too if you are in a position of not fully understanding what's going on 
yeah so that's my two cents of what i would um, say to someone who doesn't understand yeah i agree with laura um i think one of the most important things that you can do is just to listen like just listen um if you don't understand maybe you haven't heard enough stories maybe you haven't taken the time to listen to someone's perspective um, to really try to see the world from their eyes of course if like if we're talking about asian american women um, and their experiences if you are not an asian american woman yeah I and mean, to some extent you, you probably cannot ever fully grasp and understand what life is like for us but you'll be able to understand and empathize a lot more if you take the time to listen to us and to hear our stories don't just dismiss our experiences um, because frankly you just don't know and i think just holding on to this attitude of humility when it comes to other people and their experiences and their struggles i think that's really key um, and yeah just be open ask questions um, and and try not to compare i think i think these days a lot of people fall into um, this comparison game we say oh that's not that that's nothing like that struggle is that's not even a struggle like don't complain you know there are much worse things happening to other people but i, th I think that gets really dangerous because overall and in general what we should all be wanting is the betterment of all people we should want every person to be able to live life without having to fear for their lives um, without feeling looked down on um, without having to feel insecure because of who they are and so if we're all striving for that rather than playing this comparison game we should be asking each other how can i help you how like what are you going through and how can i stand with you in that how can i stand by you how can i support you and and don't play the game where you say your problems don't matter because the fact is there's still problems whether one person's problems are bigger than someone else's when it comes down to it they're all problems and they're all problems that hopefully <laughs> everyone wants to get rid of like we don't we don't want problems in general because that means someone is hurting and and we want we want good we want good for everyone um and so if we only focus on the quote big problems the the quote real issues we're still going to be left with a lot of quote smaller issues and smaller problems and that still leaves us with a very very broken world yeah um gosh there's so many questions and things that i want to say and appreciation of and 
wanting to know more of uh, from from the both of you. Um, but you know, we don't want to make this like a ten hour episode, and so um, I, I know this was not exactly in the script, but perhaps uh, I'm gonna just you know shoot my shot and ask. Um, since you said ask, uh, what does a Christian male person like myself? How how do we become like you guys are our sisters in Christ, right? How how do we treat you better? Like what what do we do? How do we do that? Well, for me, I think if. I think Asian men, like, I'm just trying to think about, like, my friends in general, like, my guy friends. I think just wanting to understand a little bit more, you know, uh, of, I guess, of our struggles um, and being mindful of that. Like, I've actually had conversations with my friends where I had to point out, like, in a hangout, if, if I'm, like, the only girl there that hey i'm a i'm a girl i'm uh not one of the guys and so if it's in areas where i feel a little like nervous um not like to be a baby or anything I'm like just take care of me a little bit <laughs> um you know knowing that i'm a woman you know try to be aware that there are going to be times where i feel nervous um or if we're um like, I guess the only Asians, you know, just knowing that I'm also like an Asian woman, it's just kind of helping a friend out in that situation. Like, like Hannah said, as if like, they're your sister, you know, wanting to protect them in, in their environment where they are or help them to, or not let their voice be drowned out by others. Um, just providing a platform for that. Like, that's something that I would like, deeply appreciate like if um, males or Asian American males would take an effort to try and understand and maybe do something about it for their friends and family or other Asian American women. Yeah, I think it's okay um, if you are a um, like a, a male and um, if you feel like maybe there's a situation where you don't fully understand how a woman might feel about it, um, an Asian woman might feel about the circumstance, I think it's okay just to be very honest and respectful and ask, um, is there something that I could do differently in this situation? Is there something that um, I should say or that I should not say? Did I make an error? I think if you're just very honest and upfront and you show that you are asking these questions because you want to be respectful, you want to be sensitive. I think it's okay. And I, I think that's how we all grow and learn. Like we ask questions even when it might be awkward, but if that's going to educate us and help us to be better in the future, then I think that's that's something that um, we would all want and that um, an Asian woman would be comfortable sharing and be open to helping you understand. I think another thing too that I would really like to address is, you know, I think there are often times when, um, I mean, women do this too, um, but I guess just in this situation, speaking about men, um, Christian men, um, it's easy to kind of joke around about things. Um, 
or to just say things very lightly um, in a joking, playful manner. Um, but my, I would ask you to be cautious about that, um, like making jokes about females, whether it's talking about how bad like Asian women are at driving or um, other things um, where maybe a group of guys are talking and maybe saying things about Asian women that you wouldn't say to their face or um, topics that are maybe hypersexualizing women. Um, I would say even if it's a joke, be very mindful, be very cautious and maybe just don't even joke um, because I think that that kind of attitude can lead to people thinking it's just not a big deal. Like it's not a big deal if we hypersexualize these women. It's not a big deal if we don't give them the respect that they are due. Um, and yes, joking is joking, but I think the dangerous part is that jokes can lead to sinful thoughts and I think that, that that can turn into devastating actions. Like you, you don't know where someone is going to take it. So I think just starting right from the beginning and being cautious of the way you talk and the things that you say, I think that like we need to start there. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me ask you a off the script question. Um, I just really <laughs> curious. It's in a hot spot. <laughs> I know, I did. And you guys passed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, not kidding about the passing part, but, you know, kidding about me having any authority to pass you for anything part. Um, yeah, you know, as I, I've been married 10 years, or this is going to be my 10th. And um, in the last couple of years, I would say that I've been learning from my wife about just what life is like as a woman. And, you know, I'm an Asian person and so is my wife. And um, how do you separate race and gender? Uh, not easily, you know. And so, yeah, I definitely, you know, whatever the two of you have shared just now and throughout this episode so far really ring true in my heart. And, you know, I humble myself and, uh, accepting all that you have said and personally if they're in the sh i know that we have only known each other for about a year now but you know personally if there were any times that i have uh, you know acted and said in things inappropriately to you all please know that i'm an idiot and and that i ask for your forgiveness um and i'm learning and so thank you really uh i, I know that before we started recording i mentioned to you that you know, I can only learn, like we can only learn from you what we don't know. And so, you know, thank you for being gracious and being honest. Um, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate the two of you. Um, the last question that I want to ask you to is to speak to other Asian American women. Um, those who may be feeling the same way that you do about the shooting and the rising violence against Asian Americans, in particular women and elderly, those women um, who may have gone through some of the similar pains that you have mentioned. Um, do you have anything that you can say to them? 
Yeah, I'd like to say that you are not alone. Um, your feelings are valid. Um, it's true. It's a scary world for Asian American women right now, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, but yeah, again, know that you are not alone in your feelings, and I really encourage you to talk to others. Um, if you have other Asian American sisters around you, talk to them. Um, I know that that's, that's been really helpful for me personally, just talking to friends that I have and just being able to process things together and to be able to encourage each other and um, just to have this sense of solidarity with one another. That's been incredibly helpful, knowing that I, I'm not feeling these things alone, but that there are others who feel it with me. Um, I guess in one sense you could say that it's sad that a lot of people are feeling sad and scared, but at the same time, it it, it is comforting. It's comforting to know that you are not the only one. Um, and something that I would really encourage you to do is to share your stories, share the stories of other Asian American women, of course with their permission, um, because I think something that we, uh, we have um, not done well in the past is um, vocalizing what is happening to us. Um, I think in the past, um, we've struggled with being passive, with just sweeping things under the rug because we don't want to cause any um, disturbances. We don't want to make a mess out of things. We just kind of want to get on with our lives. But I would say that I don't think it's really helped us in the past. And so let's change that. Let's Let's make it known that there are problems that need to be solved and we can only let that be known if we share our stories, if we are vocal about it. Um, I do think there is wisdom in what you share and in how you share it. I, I think, you know, prayer <laughs> before sharing would be wise um, because we don't want to turn this into something where we're just attacking everyone and we don't want to necessarily play the victim card everywhere we go um that that's not our goal you know our goal is to really just shed light on reality on what what is happening on what the situation is um in order to bring about change in a good healthy manner um but yeah, back to my point, please don't be afraid to share. If you need to just grab someone that you really trust in and you trust in their wisdom and just talk things over with them first, um, I think that would be a good idea. Um, but yeah, let's let's not stay silent. Let's not just sweep, but sweep things under the rug anymore. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I would encourage. Um, other Asian American women to do. Yeah. Yeah, I would 100%, you know, agree with Hannah. Um, I'm totally on board with that too. I think if we have a voice um, and we have a community, of course there's wisdom in, in how you address that. But um, if I were to say something to, you know, just the Christian Christian women who are listening here today, especially, you know, those who are collegians, um, 
looking for a sense of peace during this time or some kind of comfort, something that's helped me personally um, because I've definitely struggled with like identity, you know, being black and Asian. And uh, I've really come to learn that and what I found that really brought some peace and comfort um, internally and spiritually is just that when it comes at the end of the day, like when it comes to um, my relationship with Christ, you know, God isn't looking at your race or he isn't looking at your gender. He's really looking at your heart and love for him and that our identity, our identity should be in Christ, that we are children of God. Um, so kind of not to downplay um, who we are as Christian Asian American women, um, but to just lift up, I guess, what's really important um, at the end of the day, you know, to keep things Christ-centered. Um, but in that, you know, still making sure, like, you are having that safe place to share your voice, um, to still be confident in who you are. Um, like Hannah said, I think that's going to be a really good way for, for us to kind of just share our stories and our voice. But, um, yeah, I would want to encourage those to... Who are having a really hard time to kind of just step back from from that part too but also to look to god into times like this um this world isn't meant to be easy or perfect um but he's the one who brings us like a lot of comfort and so i would turn to to christ during times like this if you are struggling and to those around you for prayers and guidance with your community well this has been such a enlightening and humbling time for me. Um, I would love to uh, continue this time personally with the two of you uh, as we continue to serve uh, our church, but you know, really follow Christ together. Um, thank you so much for the time that you spent here on today's episode. Uh, of course, all the work that you are you have been doing for our podcast. Uh, Laura, I hope you return uh, as the host next time because this was really hard. <laughs> My gosh, I, <laughs> You're I'm doing sweating. great. <laughs> I'm, I, I need to go to sleep. Um, and Hannah, you know, obviously you are our Miss Producer. You are the, the 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 mastermind behind all our operation here, and so we affirm you. Please don't leave. And um, yeah just much appreciation and love to both of you ladies my sisters in christ and you guys are such incredible women um, daughters of god leaders in the church and i'm i feel so blessed uh, to be with you all uh, in this space and and our church living hope um, and um, yeah any asian american sisters that are listening uh, I, I affirm you and echo everything that laura and hannah have shared today so thank you all for listening. This has been an episode of Commissioned. We are a podcast that's an extension of Route 28 College Ministry uh, by Living Hope Community Church. We're located in Northern Orange County, city of Brea, California. If you want to connect with us, any questions or comments that you may have, uh, you can actually send us uh, something on social media. I'm going to try something a little different here. Uh, we Ooh. are on Facebook. That's right. That's right. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find us at lhcc.r28. Thank you again and God bless you.